0: I'm Brett Chang. And I'm Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Tuesday, March 29th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global, business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. Brett, it was the slap heard around the world. (laughs) Did you see it live, Jay? I didn't see it live, but I saw it next to live. And you had to go to the Australian and Japanese feeds to get what Will Smith yelled at Chris Rock, it was really something. Well, so it was crazy,
1: and in case you missed it, and I'm not sure how you could have missed this, it's everywhere now, but Chris Rock made a joke about Jada Pinkett Smith, Will Smith's wife. She has alopecia, where she loses her hair, and he made a joke about it, saying that she'll be starring in the next G.I. Jane movie. And then Will Smith calmly, just like he first laughs, and he calmly walks up on the stage and slaps Chris Rock in the face. It was wild. Then he goes back to his seat and starts screaming at Chris Rock,
0: leave my wife's name out of your mouth. And it was crazy. It was wild. So wild that I many people thought it was staged or people online thought it was staged. I've come to the conclusion that it was not staged. This was real. And it is wild. But also soon after that, Will Smith got an award. Yeah. Right. And he I, won yes, Best he, Actor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, there's no repercussions, which seem weird. The whole thing is just so odd. That's why it sort of captured everybody's imagination. There were great films acknowledged too, but this is really stolen the show.
1: I have to say it's so odd and it's like a lot of people don't really know how to feel about it, but I think I'll tell you how I feel about it. I don't think he should hit the guy. You know, you might not like the joke. You might be like, you know, you can, you can argue afterwards that it was not in good taste. I think that's all fair game for sure. But to hit the guy on live TV in front of hundreds of millions of people it's a wild move you gotta be a you gotta be a crazy man for that
0: well Brett I heard Will Smith now has to go live with his aunt and uncle in Bel Air now yeah yeah, yeah It's kind of that was a great <laughs> joke <laughs> a pretty good, it was not not mine <laughs> believe me it was not nine. Brett yeah, yeah. aside from the Chris Rock Will Smith dust up at the Oscars what do we have for Peak Bells today
1: for our first story Group of Seven for our second story Going East and for our third story Oat Mania
0: Oh, mania. Can't wait for that. For our first story, the group of seven, but not the Canadian painters, but the countries, including France, Germany, Italy, Japan, the US, the UK, and Canada have rejected Moscow's demands to pay for Russian gas exports with rubles. This is an historian Reuters. Brett, what does it mean for the world that nobody wants to pay in rubles?
1: Yeah, well, let's give the Peak Pal some background here. So President Vladimir Putin, you've heard him, you heard of him before, that's for sure. He's the only person in recorded history, by the way, to ever refer to Canada as unfriendly, as because we're basically generally known to being very friendly. Uh, but he's targeting all nations that implemented sanctions against Russia in response to the country's invasion of Ukraine back in February. Now, EU governments uh, that depend on Russia for oil have notably shied away from imposing a total ban on energy imports. But nonetheless, the impacts of sanctions have damaged the Russian economy and caused its currency to collapse.
0: Economists say the move by Russia to target not-so-friendly countries was designed to support the ruble. Some express doubts that it would actually work, while most can agree that energy exports, regardless of the currency they're paid in, continue to help Russia. Now, officials from the G7 countries are converting the energy contracts from euros to rubles as a breach, but Putin's press secretary, Dmitry Peskov, drew a hard line by saying, quote, we clearly aren't going to supply gas for free, end quote. This is in a recent conference call, so this could all escalate.
1: Yeah, well, it definitely sounds like it could. And that's why this matters. The EU, especially energy dependent Germany is watching Putin closely as the odds for a total stop of energy exports climb higher. Both the US and Canada have agreed to send more oil to the EU this year, but it's hardly enough to offset Russia's supply. Germany's energy minister said the country is prepared for all scenarios. We'll see what happens. For our second story, Post Media, which owns more than 120 media outlets across Canada, closed a $16.1 million deal to acquire media publisher Brunswick News, a move to expand its reach to the Atlantic region and, interestingly enough, help grow its parcel delivery services. This is all per the Financial Post. Jay, you got to answer me something. What does the news have to do with parcel delivery?
0: Well, CEO Andrew McLeod says consolidation, scale, and efficiency are going to be necessary prerequisites for the future of media, and post-media in particular, along with news companies Torstar. Think diversifying revenue sources into delivery service. They actually think that's part of the path forward. Months after reporting a 13% decline in total revenue from 2020, post-media made its first push into parcel delivery space last summer, leveraging its existing distribution network to fill home delivery gaps in Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, and right here in Ontario.
1: Basically, what's happening is these newspaper companies got really good at delivering, well, newspapers, and they think that that skill can now be applied to delivery of really anything, I guess, which, Jay, is why Postmedia's Acquisition Matters.
0: It does matter, and fewer and fewer people are actually getting the newspaper delivered to their home, so they got to think quick. In addition to adding 400 employees and a full roster of New Brunswick weekly and daily newspapers, extending PostMedia's coverage, including delivery, to Atlantic Canada could open up a new line of business and an opportunity to grow revenues. But it does also further consolidate media, which some experts believe will lead to worse coverage, especially in Atlantic Canada. And for our final story, oat milk maker Oat Canada struck a $4.1 million deal with French food processor Roquette to develop new ingredients as part of a Canadian government project that aims to grow the country's plant-based protein industry to $25 billion by 2035. Brett, I know how big oat milk is, and I know that you are a big oat milk fan, but just how big is the business of oat milk?
1: I'll tell the Peak Pals a secret. I usually get my latte made with oat milk, because it lasts longer than milk, so you can drink it throughout the day because I'm a notoriously slow drinker. So oh. anyways, it's a huge deal. As more customers uh, restrict their consumption of animal-based products globally, plant-based protein is expected to grow into a $250 billion a year industry by 2035. And if Canada plays its cards right, it could
0: potentially make up 10% of global production. Are we jealous that these oats get to travel to north of France, Brett? Because that sounds pretty great to me, and I'm in Canada, and I could travel there. But that's not the only argument we have for keeping the raw materials closer to home.
1: It's it's cold right now in the north of France, Jay. You're not missing out. It's also cold here, Brett. I, fair enough. For one, Canada is the second largest producer of oats, but doesn't have adequate processing facilities to turn them into consumer favorites like oatmeal and oat milk, meaning oats get shipped out to the U.S. and Europe to often just get
0: refined. Couldn't we actually just build some of those refining facilities here? It's time to build. Yeah, it's time to build. And if Roquette can help Oat Canada do for oats what it did for Canadian yellow peas, which is open up a $600 million facility to process those peas for plant-based protein manufacturers, Canada's hopes for plant-based dominance will be well on their way. Let's get 10% of that market. Which brings us to why oats matter, Brett.
1: Yeah, that's what we got to do. We got to do for oats what we did for yellow peas. That's the vision of this country. Canada has the potential to be a major player in an emerging plant-based protein market, which would add jobs, and it just has to ensure that it can process enough of the cash crops it has here at home. Brett, I
0: think this is going to be a trend that we talk about a lot. What do you think of that?
1: Yeah, I think so too. The pea protein is huge, and like those Beyond Meat burgers, it's just pea protein. That's all it is. So I think it'll be a huge deal. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to. And only daily Canadian business news podcast in the country.
0: If you've got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and
1: leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. As always, thanks to Dale Richardson and 306 Media Productions for putting together this episode.
0: Thank you, Dale. And thank you, Brett. And Brett, the Will Smith, Chris Rock controversy really overshadowed another controversy, which is less impactful, I guess. And that is the song we don't talk about Bruno was not well-received by people whose kids waited up to see it till about quarter of 10. Like it was, it was not a good rendition as the kids saw it. As I saw it, it was great. But as the kids saw it, it was really far from the original. I have no idea what you're talking about. I know. And that's why, why, (laughs) and I I also don't drink oat milk. So the gaps in our lifestyles are clearly far apart. Brett, have a good day. You too, Jay.